You know, Black Friday is one of those days. It brought up one of the teachable moments for the kids. They were saying yesterday, why do they call it Black Friday? I had to explain that it was, you know, it used to be people would line up or be lured to Walmart at midnight, and then they'd bust through and, and try to get that television or, or something, right? Invariably, someone was injured. Unfortunately, sometimes they were killed. You never knew what was going to happen. That was Black Friday. It's so different now. A guy... Uh, on the line, NFL Hall of Famer, legendary bear, a guy who you, you would want with you at midnight at a Walmart to get that 32-inch low-def tube TV is the one and only Dan Hampton. Dan, welcome to WGN. Hey, yeah, and uh, while we're at it, let's get an air fryer. <laughs> Dan, did you ever do that? Were you ever lured to any of those like midnight sales heading out in a parking lot in the middle of nowhere to get a deal for Black Friday? No, my my. Beautiful wife, she's, you know, we, we, we avoid that kind of melee. But, you know, I, I do like the fact that you're talking a little history. Real quick, for the Bear fans out there yesterday, I, I'm bummed out. I mean, this is ridiculous. The Bears should have played yesterday. I did it many times. The Bears have been called upon to do it many times. I don't know why they thought that having Buffalo go back to Detroit uh, was a great idea. You know, the Bears in Detroit, there's so much history there. In fact, did you know, and the great John Madden, you know, obviously yesterday was kind of dedicated to the memory of John Madden and what he has meant to the world and game of pro football. But he brought up the fact that, you know, he carried around a picture of Red Grange with him. And Red Grange obviously was a great Illinois and Chicago Bear player back in the 20s, 30s, when the, when the game was just trying to get a, a foothold. And Red Grange was such a great name in the world of pro football that in 1934, they came up with the Red Grange Trophy, and they would play for it every year, the Bears in Detroit. And it was named the Red Grange Trophy, because the owner of the Detroit Lions was so uh, uh, thankful for the fact that Red Grange had been such a wonderful ambassador around the nation to help grow the game of pro football that he named the trophy after him. Now, nobody knows where it's at today. After the 1938 game, they awarded it to the Lions, and it's never been seen again. But all that being said... These are the things that you think about, uh, you know, the great Thanksgiving traditions. I just wish the Bears would have been able to play yesterday. Yeah, Dan, you know, you, you, you want to go out there and look for it and demand it back from the Lions, but then you look at the Lions, their history, and for their fans, maybe having that 1930-something Red Grange trophy is probably the only thing that they have to hang their hat on. So maybe we'll, maybe we'll let them have that. But you think Thanksgiving and NFL, it is so tied it is so uh, historically connected where a lot of people think about it. Yeah, it's for the food, for sure, the turkey, but football's always been right there. I don't know how many times. You know, I played 12 years, and I think I played in the Thanksgiving Day game, oh, I don't know, six or eight times. And it was never, uh, you know, one of those things where we felt like, oh, this is really an annoying deal, you know, having to play on Thursday and get ready and be away from, the, you know, your family or whatever and travel. And no, it was, it was, a you know, and again, it was, that was long ago before NFL red zone where, you know, for sure you'd be on national TV. Not that, you know, that was something that we all thought about that much, but all that being said, it was, uh, you know, it was, it was the, the grand tradition. And again, 
I, I hate it, but here's here's the uh, the way it all shakes out. Now we um, we will be headed to New York tomorrow, and it, in my mind, no news is good news. I think that we will see Justin Fields start and play against the Jets. Now, which is interesting, Justin Fields already this year has beaten three of the quarterbacks that he has been associated with in last year's draft. Trey Lance, David Mills, and Mac Jones. The only one left would be Zach Wilson, and he got bent. (laughs) He can't make the full sweep uh, against all of those uh, you know, second-year quarterbacks that he was in the same group with. So, so Dan, at three and eight, and you know the Bears. You know, it's kind of the last thing you want to do is have him get hurt. Does he get more experience? Do you think it's more valuable to have him out there playing, learning, and getting experience, or do you think the risk of him getting hurt or being damaged, right? Because some of these young quarterbacks, even with all that potential in the world, that's the last thing you want to happen is to hurt them before they can, you know, achieve that potential. Everybody has a risk, but I remember the old. TV show, uh, Hee Haw. The guy, the guy would go to the doctor and rage and he goes, Doc, it hurts when I do that. And he'd slap and go, don't do that. <laughs> so, if, if Justin Fields has that same type of, of mindset when he's running and getting hit, don't do that. Throw the ball. He's got to be, you know, and, and the great coaches, they, over the years, they if they have been, you know, basically given a, a a young prodigy like Justin Pills that has a propensity to run more than he should, well, their job is to really mend. Unfortunately, it's kind of gone the other way. It looks to me like Luke Getze has been encouraging it. We need to minimize it and, and say, okay, you know, in case of glass, break it and run. But most of the time, we don't need him running 18 times a game. Maybe a fraction of that would be fine. But it's, you know, it's one of those deals. He's 23. He heals pretty fast. I remember I would feel awful on Tuesday, and by Friday I couldn't wait to play again. Yep, yep, yep. Very, very last thing. And quickly, you know, on the history side of things, Devin Hester make it into the semifinals for the NFL Hall of Fame. Of course, he did some receiving, but you always thought of him as that great kick returner. And so your thoughts on that, you know, and just where that special teams, obviously he was literally a game changer, and then having sort of those special teams folks get that recognition. Well, it's kind of a paradox in the sense that, hey, how much can a guy that touches the ball seven, eight times a game really affect the game? And is it fair to an offensive lineman that had to play 75 plays a game? So, you know, it's, it is what it is. But I'll tell you this, the Bears, you know, obviously were very fortunate to have him, and he did change the, the, the dynamic of a number of games that he played for the Bears. But what are the Bears doing trying to uh, make Cordero Patterson a, a Hall of Famer? Kicking to him last week so he can return one for the ninth uh, uh, touchdown of his career, the most all-time. So, I, you know what? Kickers, kick returners, they're kind of like a, a different breed of cat. <laughs> Us defensive linemen, we, 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 all we knew is we – taped up and strapped it up because it was going to be a long day no matter what. It is going to be hopefully not a long day. Maybe sort of long, but hopefully there'll be some bright spots on Sunday for the Bears versus the Jets. And uh, Excited to have you and OB and listen to you guys talk about it. Hopefully you'll have some fun stuff to talk about and some positive things to share. And Dan, we'll uh, let you continue your Black Friday and thanks for jumping on the show today. 
My pleasure. And remember, we're winless in November. We've got to change that. Got a great chance on Sunday. Go Bears. All right. So that is Dan Hampton. This segment sponsored by Chevy Drives, Chicago.com.